I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the news du jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So I have so many updates for you guys when it comes to, well, really everything, Um, definitely the war, but we have four mini stories here at the top, two shorter stories before we get into Israel, and then a shit ton of Israel updates. This episode may go a little longer, but from the survey results, I'm definitely getting the vibe that you guys like a little bit longer episodes. So that's what we have today. Let's get into it. So Donald Trump's sons last week in court essentially blamed accountants and attorneys and other employees for any errors in financial documents, you know, distancing themselves from any potential fraud that might be found during this ongoing court case. Definitely an interesting tactic, and we will keep you guys posted on how that plays out. And speaking of Trump, Polls have come out, produced by the New York Times and Siena College, and both of these polls put Donald Trump ahead of President Biden by several percentage points, you know, should they both end up being the nominees for the two parties. Now, polls can be wrong, as we all know, but Biden is losing chunks of his voters right now due to how he is standing by Israel in their war against Hamas rather than calling for a ceasefire. So this is essentially adding pressure to his administration, who is already managing a lot. We'll definitely keep you guys posted. And according to the New York Times, the Actors Union in Hollywood, which if you guys remember, the writer's strike in Hollywood was one strike, but the Actors Union then joined in in a separate strike. So they are actually reviewing a final offer from the big studios. So it looks like that strike is likely to end soon after 114 days of striking. So this is incredible news. And for our final mini story today, I wanted to let you guys know that in his training for MMA fighting, Mark Zuckerberg actually landed himself in the hospital with a torn ACL. Ouch. And he even posted about it to Instagram, letting everyone know that, you know, he was down for the count having a surgery. Um, It goes without saying that I never like to see anyone hurt, but this one did elicit a little giggle from me. I'm not going to lie. Just imagining him training for MMA fighting at all is very comical to me. Anywho, I do hope he heals up soon and is not in a ton of pain. And yeah, I'll keep you guys posted. If there's anything else to report on that front, you'll hear it from me. And next up, Sam Bankman-Fried was convicted. 
So guys, in our first longer story for today, Sam Bankman-Fried, who used to be synonymous with crypto, he's now known as a con man officially. He was found guilty in orchestrating a, quote, scheme to steal as much as $10 billion from his users, end quote, according to the New York Times. The tech billionaire who ran around in hoodies and flip-flops and basketball shorts was found guilty of all seven charges in a massive money laundering scheme involving crypto trading. These charges hold a maximum of 110 years in prison, and it is very possible that the court may use Sam as an example to others and sentence him harshly because he was someone who really thought he was untouchable. We'll definitely keep you guys posted on his sentencing. And next up for today, does Mayor Eric Adams have ties to the Turkish government? Okay, guys, in a twist of fate that seems to be as strange as it sounds, the FBI raided the home of Eric Adams's chief fundraiser, a woman by the name of Brianna Suggs, who is 25 years old, very young. This is the first time the public heard about this widening investigation, though, into whether or not the New York City mayor, Eric Adams, may have conspired with the Turkish government receiving illegal donations from them, according to the search warrant that was reported on in the New York Times. All of this allegedly happened through a Turkish-owned construction company in New York City, but it actually appears that Mayor Adams and even Brianna may not have known about it. They may have been in the dark about what exactly was going on. Mayor Adams himself is actually not accused of any wrongdoing as of yet, and neither is Brianna, but it's looking like members of his team may have been at fault. That said, he did brag about his relationship to Turkey very recently. He hosted a flag raising for Turkey in lower Manhattan just last week, according to the New York Times, and he claimed that he had visited the country more than any mayor in New York City history six or seven times, which would be pretty crazy if he didn't know about this scheme, you know, that he's saying things like that and hosting this flag raising. Very interesting. It seems that in this scandal, the donors were fake, but the money was real. They made up names for donors who were really foreign actors and essentially ran money through people who were U.S. citizens. That is my very basic understanding of it. And again, a lot of it is very secretive right now. Basically, what we have to go off of is this search warrant. Given that things are linked to this construction company, though, it seems likely that if there was fraud of some sort, it was probably related to government contracts that could be awarded to one construction company or another. And this would not be the first time that this type of political scandal has happened in New York City and It wouldn't even be the first time we're talking about it on this podcast. These contracts, they may sound like not a big deal, but we're talking about millions and millions of dollars being spent to build things in New York. So, you know, it is worth it to, you know, sort of orchestrate these schemes for these companies. Although foreign countries does kind of make it a more interesting scandal. Usually it's just a domestic situation. But either way, however this plays out, we'll be sure to keep you guys updated. 
All right. And without further ado, we will go ahead and jump into our Israel updates for today. I did want to issue a content warning here. This story involves war. So before I jump into any of our updates, I actually wanted to recommend a different podcast episode to you guys. If you're looking for a succinct, brief, and unbiased history to this area of the world, I would really recommend the New York Times The Daily Podcast, and they did an episode called 1948. This episode is with an expert, a person who has spent a lot of time in this area of the world and studied it extensively. However, he's not Israeli and he's not Palestinian. So he basically breaks down the history and where both sides may have blind spots and where both sides are perpetuating different narratives. So it kind of helps you to make sense of what exactly is going on and why you're hearing one thing from one side and something totally different from the other side. It's, again, a thoughtful, careful history of this area, and I highly recommend So for our first update today, Blinken is a busy, busy boy. You guys, he has been in Tel Aviv, in Baghdad, and the West Bank in these kind of secretive pop-up visits. Blinken is suggesting that his trip, at least to Baghdad, was to tighten up security for Americans who are living and working in these countries as tension between the U.S. and Arab nations is extremely heightened right now. He wants to make sure that our personnel are safe and stay safe. The U.S. called for a humanitarian pause in fighting. You may have heard this, not a ceasefire, but a pause. And President, excuse me, Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel just kind of chuckled in response and basically said he will not pause unless Hamas surrenders and frees the hostages. Israeli fighters have now encircled Gaza City, according to Israel. They report fighting face-to-face with Hamas, although these reports are obviously very hard to confirm, given that international press are basically not present there. According to the New York Times, the U.S. is flying drones over Gaza. When asked about this, the Defense Department said that it is to help locate the hostages. This suggests that the U.S. is actually deeply entrenched in this effort to rescue the hostages, which, you know, isn't actually all that surprising, given that at least 10 of those hostages are U.S. citizens. The U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill sending funding to Israel, but not to Ukraine. Republicans tend to be much more connected to Israel for religious reasons, and thus they are basically down to help fund defense for one over the other. That said, the Senate is already challenging this legislation with their own basically counteroffer. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted. None of this is final. None of it is a done deal. There is evidence that Hamas is shooting its own people. So video footage emerged of civilians shot dead in the street in Gaza. And initially, the public believed that this was done by Israeli troops. 
But upon investigating the location and time and date stamps, it was confirmed by the New York Post, Reuters, and more that these individuals were actually shot by Hamas while attempting to flee northern Gaza for safety in the south. Hamas, if you guys remember, does not want people to leave the north because they want to continue to hide behind civilians for their own safety. In a TV interview, Hamas leadership publicly vowed more and more versions of October 7th on the Israeli people until Israel was quote unquote annihilated. With this horrendous attack less than a month in the rear view, this comment was absolutely spine chilling and speaks to the intentions of Hamas as a whole. Hamas, according to the U.S. government, was also a main source of the holdup when it comes to evacuating Gazans. They deliberately put their own wounded soldiers' names on the list of those that they wanted to evacuate, knowing that Egypt, the U.S., and Israel would never agree to let Hamas fighters leave. That began negotiations and fighting that ended up preventing people from leaving sooner. And it wasn't just a few names that they tried to, like, sneak onto this list. The list Hamas provided them was at least one-third Hamas fighters, according to Joe Biden's administration. As reported in Reuters, Hamas leader Ismail Haniya met with Iranian Supreme Leader, the Ayatollah, in Tehran over the past few days. This should send shivers down all of our spines. This is not a positive development. These two continuing to meet up means that they are continuing to team up. And if you guys remember, their ambitions are killing Israelis and killing Americans primarily, as well as subjugating more of the world to the type of torture that the Iranian people have been suffering for decades. I know I've recommended it a bunch of times, but we have a bonus episode further down in our feed. It's from this time last year, November 2022, when the Woman Life Freedom protests were going on in Iran, and it is actually completely linked to what is happening in Israel right now. Violence is also surging in the West Bank as well, where settler extremists are attacking Palestinians. The settlers in this area, who are Israeli, to be clear, they have been aggressive in their attacks, and these have been on the rise, according to the New York Times. And according to the New York Times, Israel tends to put up blinders when it comes to this violence, and they're focusing on rooting out Hamas rather than whatever's going on in the West Bank. UN figures show seven attacks a day by Israeli settlers onto Palestinians in the West Bank area. But the cycle goes round and round, you guys, because there have also been reports in the hundreds of Palestinians killing Israeli Jews in this area as well. And speaking of the fighting widening, rockets have been fired by both Yemen and Lebanon into Israel now. And Israel fired back at Lebanon, according to Reuters. We do not have information on the casualties at this time, as of course, like, you know, just like in Gaza, it's really difficult to get accurate numbers out of a war zone in a timely fashion. But Reuters did report that the fire exchange was 
exchange was between Israel and Hezbollah, which is one of the largest terrorist organizations in this region. According to Business Insider, the UN has also lost 72 UN aid workers in this conflict as well since the war began on October the 7th, almost exactly one month ago. They have been trying to help and they lost their lives in the process. And this is a tragedy that should never happen. According to France 24, a Jewish woman was stabbed to death in Lyon, France, with a swastika painted on her door, according to the New York Post. Jews all over the world have been worried that protecting Israel would mean a rise in anti-Semitism. And you know what? They were right to be worried. That is exactly what we're seeing. This woman did have what's called a mezuzah on her door frame. It is a traditional Jewish adornment reminding people to keep their focus on God as they come to and from their homes. And it's heartbreaking to have to think of Jews in Europe specifically having to hide such symbols of their faith when they had to not too long ago in the buildup to the Holocaust and World War II. College campuses are also getting increasingly hostile towards Jewish students, and legal cases have even been filed against the universities for allegedly failing to protect Jewish students. Cornell even had a student who was arrested who made violent anti-Semitic threats against fellow students. He faces a potential five-year prison sentence and a $250,000 fine for his threats. Using the screen name Hamas, this student threatened to bring a gun to campus and kill all of the Jewish students, calling them rats, pigs, and threatening to slit their throats as well. But NYU, MIT, Harvard, and Cornell, among many others, are now facing similar lawsuits over a failure to protect Jewish students. And frankly, I hope this wakes universities up to all different kinds of discrimination that might be going on on campus, whether that's, you know, anti-Semitism or Islamophobia or any other type of racism. They have a responsibility to speak out against it and to make sure that, number one, their students are safe. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, you think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world, but then you read. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media and that is also linked in our show notes you can follow us on social media at news du jour dot podcast on both instagram and tiktok you can follow my personal account at it's annie bowls on both platforms as well Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.